homeschool moms are busy. Bright Ideas Press gets that. And that's why, for over 25 years, we have promised to publish Christian-oriented homeschool curriculum that will fit your family. Curriculum that is both affordable and easy to use with children of different ages and learning styles at the same time. Curriculum that busy moms love. Offering history, science, geography, and humanities curriculum and over 100 options of online classes and clubs for homeschool families, the team at Bright Ideas Press creates products and resources that will not only help simplify your life, but also inspire, encourage, and equip you to educate your children. Check out brightideaspress.com for more information. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. What is creation? Did God create the world in six days and rest on the seventh? Does anyone really care? These questions and many more, including teaching tips and great resources, are presented in the Creation Science Podcast. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and it's my pleasure and honor to be your host. Some of these shows are from my Best of Creation Expos and other presentations I've completed throughout the years of teaching on this topic. I'm the owner of Media Angels, Inc., a publishing company that produces books, audios, and videos to help you and your family in your Christian walk. Check out my books and other podcasts at MediaAngels.com. To get the show notes for this broadcast, go to creationsciencepodcast.com. And now, let's learn together. Hi, folks. Welcome back to our podcast, The Four Great Global Events of Genesis. This is your host, Patrick Nury. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about the second great global event of Genesis, what people call the fall. But before we begin, I wanted to remind you about my website, northwestrockandfossil.com, where you will find an abundance of materials to help you equip yourself and your children in biblical geology. Let's continue with our topic today, the four great global events of Genesis. This is part two, the fall. The book of Genesis is more than just another fairy tale from some remote time in the past and from some lost culture. A whole nation, Israel, has built its existence and its right to a piece of land in the Middle East on the book of Genesis. It was in Genesis chapter 12 that God first promised these things to Abraham, the father of the Hebrews. The book of Genesis is a very unique piece of earth history. It outlines four great global events that have shaped the history of an entire planet. We covered the first great global event in our first podcast. The creation, as recorded in Genesis, was meant to reveal from where all mankind originated and his purpose. This was not written as an ancestral myth of some lost tribe of people. It was meant for all mankind. It is a gyroscope. 
It helps people find their way and the meaning of their lives. The second great global event has been called the fall. Although the word fall is not mentioned in scripture as a separate biblical event, the word certainly does capture the historical and universal significance of what took place in Genesis chapter 3. The fall was actually a series of corruptive events and consequences that totally changed the way all men and women would relate to God, to the spiritual realm, and to one another from that point on. Genesis chapters 1 and 2 make it very clear that Adam and Eve were the first human beings on this planet, and from them all subsequent human beings have descended. This makes the fall a global event in that it impacted all of mankind through Adam and Eve. The fall also had eternal consequences because it took away the innocence of man and caused Adam and Eve to pass on the inclination to do evil. This resulted in physical death and eternal loss. This event can be found in Genesis chapter 3 and must have happened shortly after the creation as the first children of Adam and Eve had not been born yet. The very first sentence of chapter 3 sets the whole tone for this event, which would have eternal consequences. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. This passage has probably been mocked more than any other passage of Scripture as a pernicious fairy tale. There are many people who think it is evil to teach this story to our children. It is clear from the reading of this passage that something is not quite right. One of the first questions that comes to my mind is, what is this creature, a hissing creature, as the translation reads, and a cunning, crafty creature at that, what's he doing in the garden that God had made exclusively for Adam and Eve? In Genesis chapter 2, we learn that God placed the man whom he had made into the garden, not the person of the serpent. Almost from the very start of God's plans, there seems to have been a surreptitious invasion from outside the garden. Throughout Scripture, the danger of human pride is constantly warned against. Here in Genesis chapter 3, pride was manifested in the devil and proved to be catastrophic for mankind. We don't know all the details, but from the context, we can clearly see that the serpent thought he had the wherewithal to usurp God's authority in his own creation. Now, no one believes that snakes had the ability to talk at some point in the past. If you combine the immoral actions with the craftiness of the devil, it is easy to see how the devil 
could have fooled Adam and Eve into thinking that this serpent creature was all-wise. He appeared to have the ability to talk and to think, which none of the other creatures were able to do. He must somehow possess more truth. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So the beginning of this event we call the fall was the usurping of God's authority by twisting what God had spoken. Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The word Satan means an adversary, one who resists, and he certainly showed himself to be just that in the garden. How he got that way is not known for sure, but only an adversary would work at cross-purposes with God. The friend of God would strive to help another believe God's words, not to undermine them. The serpent from the very moment he is introduced in the garden, proves himself to be an adversary of God and encourages resistance to God in Adam and Eve. Eve tells the serpent that the penalty for disobeying God was death. The serpent responded in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You can sum up the devil's tactics through the serpent this way in Genesis chapter 3. First, the serpent, right from the very beginning, attempted to twist God's word. Second, the serpent contradicted God's word. Third, the serpent offered an alternative to God's word, his own opinion. And finally, the serpent made his opinion appealing by casting doubt on God's character. In effect, he said, God is holding something back from you because he does not want you to have what he has. This same theme has been repeated again and again throughout history. The teachings to Christians in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16 in the New Testament emphasizes, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. The word faith or believe means to trust as the serpent continually throws missiles over the walls we have set up, above all, we are to take up believing in God's word or trusting in God's word so that those missiles can be extinguished. This was the beginning of the fall to get man and woman to distrust and to stop listening to God's word. As Adam and Eve bought into the lie and deceit of the serpent, the next stage of the fall took place, an enlightenment of sorts. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7 records, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, 
and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. This enlightenment was in reality an endarkenment. The enlightenment that was promised by the devil brought Adam and Eve something that they had not known before, shame, guilt, and fear. And they attempted to cover their sin. The greatest turning point in modern science was another enlightenment. During the enlightenment of the 17 and 1800s, science rapidly advanced technologically. Great breakthroughs in medicine, inventions, and the desire to explore came about. However, the enlightenment was also a very similar event to what had happened in the garden. Science began to take over the role of revealing things that really could not be known by science. The age of the earth, the age of dinosaurs, the age of rock layers, and so on. Things that the Bible had held as its role in God's revelation. And Western civilization bought into it. For the last 250 years, Science has dominated the historical and philosophical realm in addition to its own. In so doing, it has taken the place of what God had revealed to us in the scriptures. And it has had disastrous effects on the human race ever since. Man's behavior has resulted in some horrendous acts of evil. The idea of evolution and its naturalistic processes didn't improve mankind, but brought us the horrors of World War II. It is a well-known fact that the Nazis and Japanese rationalized their brutal treatment of people because they thought that they were the superior race. And indeed, Darwin did teach that there were certain favored races, and this became the root of our modern racism. The fall tore mankind away from his creator and the relationship for which man and woman were created. The fall brought about fear, guilt, and shame, being afraid of God and hiding from him. It brought about distrust of God's word. It brought about blaming those closest to us, passing the buck, shifting the blame. It brought about superstition and religious worship of other gods. It brought about hatred of others who are not like them or me. It brought about self-centeredness and greed. It gave us pain, sorrow, and death. And it gave us broken relationships, broken promises, and war. Nothing good has come from breaking free from our Creator. In fact, the fall so ruined man and woman that it took God once again to enter the creation in the person of Jesus Christ to face the penalty that we rightly deserved. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, and then in verses 18 through 19, for while we were still helpless, 
at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of the one, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. Well, that will conclude our topic for today. In our next podcast, we will tackle the third great global event in Genesis, the flood and its geology. Please visit my website at northwestrockandfossil.com for a look at uh, tools that will help you defend your faith in Genesis and its presentation of Earth history. This has been your host, Patrick Nury. So long for now. Thanks so much for listening to the Creation Science Podcast. You can find the show notes at creationsciencepodcast.com. And as always, reach out to me, Felice Gerwitz, at felice at mediaangels.com. Take care, God bless, and I hope you enjoy teaching your children and learning about the beautiful world that God created. Please share this broadcast with a friend, and thanks so much. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcast apps. Look for the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show to keep up to date with all our wonderful podcasts. For a special subscriber printable pack, as well as all our timely freebies, join our email list on theultimatehomeschoolradionetwork.com. 